Hey, Freshwater, good morning to you all. I'm sure you're sitting there wondering what's up with the uh, suit coat. Um, it's Palm Sunday. So I, I don't know if you guys are like me, but you're you're going through this past week going, what day is it? Like, is this a Thursday, uh, uh, Tuesday? I have no idea. If you're losing track of time like I am, um, I, I feel your pain. So uh, no, this is most assuredly Palm Sunday. So um, hey, we're gonna celebrate uh, this entry of Christ into Jerusalem, the triumphal entry. Um, if you're newer to our church, uh, we're, we're saying, you know, you're jumping into the, the podcast stream. I don't know what this is called, Facebook something or other, but uh, we're glad you're here. If you wanna text welcome to the number that appears on the screen, uh, do it. And right now I gotta tell you, I, that just feels so like a televangelist, like, I, <laughs> um, that's, yeah. So text it. Uh, we'd love to know if, if you're uh, wanting to be a part of uh, Freshwater. And also good news, uh, May, we're gonna do a drive-in service. Stop laughing. <laughs> um, we're gonna do a drive-in service on Easter Sunday, and uh, we're trying to put this together, but it looks like we're able to broadcast. So anyway, I'm gonna hand this off to Jake, and Jake, take it away. <laughs> hey, Freshwater, good to see you guys. Uh, this morning, we've got Brian and Nettie Hogan here. Everybody say hi to Brian and Nettie. Hi, Freshwater. Brian and Nettie, uh, there hi, we go. Hi, guys, miss you guys. So, uh, some of you may not know this, but Brian is the chairman of our elder board here as we head into 2020. I guess we're now into April, but uh, he's the chairman of the board. And uh, we brought you guys both in because you're, you obviously are going through something right now. And um, why don't you just share, share with us what's, what's happened here in the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Well, actually, I thought, first of all, I want to say thanks for your leadership in this. It's been cool to see you guys and Sean and Jake are here too. Uh, it's been awesome to see you guys leading in this and just the gifting that God has in your lives and what you're doing is really awesome. Mm. Um, for us, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting time over the last couple of weeks. Um, on March 20th, I was laid off from my job and uh, I've worked there for 20 years, um, which was, you know, kind of a surprise for me. We had began talking about, uh, you know, our response to the coronavirus, uh, what we were going to be doing, and we'd sort of discussed some of the financials of the business, but I didn't really see it coming for me. Uh, so last Friday I was laid off and uh, it was a, a big shock for me. Mm. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's different now. I've worked through the initial part of it. Uh, but yeah, that's where we've, where we've been for the last two weeks now. We've been sort of processing through yeah, uh, I mean, the new normal for us. Yeah. What's that, what's that been like? I mean, you have the, it comes, and then you've got some days after, like, how's, what are I you guys feeling? interesting, because for something that I thought would never be part of our story, now to be part of our story, I just thought this is a, this is a sure, secure job. He's going to be there till the end. This is going to be forever. So when he called me and said he was laid off, all of these emotions is just a gamut of emotions of fear and shock and how can this happen to us and how can this happen now and what are we going to do and then later thinking what is God up to does he have something what does he have going on here it's not a surprise God wasn't like 
oh shoot or oops or oh, I didn't see that one coming so knowing that God already knows this is gonna happen he already knew and that he has something something up his sleeve something waiting for us mm -hmm. was an encouragement later on yeah I remember my my response while I was still at the office was a little bit of shock but I was still in office mode I was still um, just doing my thing I'm a I'm a processor like I was making sure I had everything in order making sure I've finished these things out and got this taken care of and uh, I remember the moment I walked in the door at home and I saw Nettie I absolutely lost it. Mm. Uh, you know, it was just I'm I'm not an um, I'm not a person who shows motion much, um, and I was just completely overcome. Mm. I you know it's it's all of the thoughts that you would think go through your mind like how am I going to pay my mortgage? Am I going to lose my house? How am I going to feed my kids? Like all of those things come rushing at you in a moment, and it was all as soon as I saw my wife. Like I was okay, I was able to talk to the kids, but for about three days, every time I saw her, I just emotionally I just couldn't hold it together. Mm. Um, you know, I just felt like, what in the world is wrong with me? Like, I'm, I'm, I've lost control of my emotions, which, you know, for me, it doesn't happen. that doesn't happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was just, it was a, it was a crazy roller coaster. There'd be times when I felt fine and everything was okay. And then there were other times where it was just like, I, I couldn't even stop uh, just the, the outpouring of, I mean, I was crying. I mean, it's not something, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot of loss. what it was. Um, you know, there was a time I expressed this to Nettie one time uh, where I I had some injuries in my knees and ankles, and I had to stop playing basketball just with some of the guys I've been playing with, and I grieved it as a loss. Like I actually felt a loss, and this was a lot of the same thing. I think I was feeling a loss. I know my identity is not in my job. I know that's not who I am. But when you work there for twenty years, like you take on. It becomes part of you in a sense. Mm -hmm. And I think I was grieving sort of the loss of a piece of who I was. Sure. And, uh, you know, over the last weeks, I've had to remind myself, like, that's not who I am. I'm not mm -hmm. defined by the occupation that mm -hmm. I happen to perform. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot better the last week or so. Uh, you know, there's been so many people that have uh, just taken the chance to call and just... Uh, to sort of process things with me and ask how I'm doing. Like there's a lot of blessings in the middle of all this that you don't even really realize. Like yeah. we've realized just how meaningful the relationships we have with people. A lot of people in this church, um, you begin to realize what's important mm. and we're going to be fine and get by. Yeah. Uh, you know, God's, God's in control. He, he, like she said, God knew this was coming. This wasn't a surprise to him. You guys referenced it a couple of times, and we've obviously talked. But so, what? What in terms of God's word? Are you guys have you know been praying and talking with Christ and reading His word? What What has helped you process through this? Um, the mm -hmm. feelings, the loss, that whatever, the shock. What uh, What parts of His word? What What are you guys hearing from Him? Um, well, there's one thing from Job. Let me read it. So I get it right. Job 121. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I appreciate 
just the facts of the matter. Like, God gives, God takes away, but he is still to be praised. Mm. So I just, for me, that's just a reminder of who he is, who we are, that he still has it all ordered, um, that his, noth nothing about God has changed. Right. Nothing about his character has altered. He still is loving. He is unchanging. He is still faithful. He is still present. He still provides, um, and mm -hmm. he still cares. He sees the details. He sees the tears in our pillow. He sees, you know, joy in moments, and he is still God. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's just been an encouragement. I told Brian that so many things I feel like God has drawn my attention to over the past few days and weeks. Um, but in just not even like specific things. So if I'm reading in Joshua right now, just how God cares for his people, how he leads them, how, yeah, I just feel like there's been a lot of encouragement. Family has been really encouraging to us. And like Brian said, friends have been really encouraging just with a verse that they'll send or checking on us. So mm -hmm. yeah, mm. always something good. Yeah. What's for? I think I told you this earlier. Like one thing that I've really seen in the middle of all of this is my life is a lot slower now, and I have so much more brain space than I did before. Where in the past maybe you'd read something and it might impact you in the moment, but then the weight of the world comes on you and you're thinking, oh, I got to do all these things and these 500 tasks to get done, and you don't really have time to think through, you know, some piece of truth that maybe God spoke to you that morning. Um, a couple things that just stuck out to me, like, uh, you know, God God speaks to me in interesting ways. I think he's got a way of speaking to each of his children, just the same way I have a way that I talk to my daughter, or I talk to my son, like God speaks to his kids that same way. And I think there's a, there's a learning of how God speaks to us. Um, and the way God happens to speak to me is through uh, pieces of scripture. So uh, multiple times over the last few days, like something's just come to my mind. And a lot of times what ends up happening is I think, wait, is that a, is that a song or is that a piece of scripture? And most times it's a song that actually is also a piece of scripture. And, uh, you know, just, just things that came up, it was this verse that came out of lamentations, you know, about God's mercies being new, like his, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases was the piece that came to me. Just the other day, uh, I, I was thinking, and, and the, the thought came to me about something Jesus said on the cross. He said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And I was like, I know that somewhere in the Old Testament. So I went and looked it up. It's in Psalm 31. And uh, it's just, it's an amazing story of, of God's faithfulness to David while he's being pursued by his own son to try to kill him. And in the middle of it all, um, there's this one little piece. I actually want to share that because I when I read this, I almost lost it because it just helped me understand like God, God knows what we face. Like people over the years have experienced these kinds of things before. So in this chapter where it talks about, you know, into your hands, I commit my spirit, David saying that to God, there's this part that says, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I'm in distress. My eye is wasted from grief and my soul and my body also for my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails. But what's funny is I've noticed that about myself and Nettie even said to me, she's like, why are you sighing all the time? Like I would come upstairs from like on the computer searching for a job and I'd be like, oh. and she'd be like, why are you sighing? 
And uh, it was just a confirmation for me that God knows the feelings we have. Mm -hmm. God knows where we are. This is not a surprise to him. And he can be trusted in the middle of it. Um, you know, I, I love that I have scripture to go to. Um, I don't know what I would do without having some sort of a foundation to stand on. Um, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. I certainly wouldn't be here talking about it. Um, you know, God's given me the opportunity to share with uh, another person who's gone through the same situation with me. Uh, and he's gone, he's going through it this week and I went through it two weeks ago and it gave me a chance just simply to say, you're going to be okay. Like, here's what you're going to experience, but you're going to be okay. And, uh, uh, it's, it's just how he works. It's peculiar. I never would have chosen this road to go down or this path, but in the middle of it, God is still right there Hmm. with us. I'm wondering, we didn't plan this, but, uh, as we just even turn to the word here, and it's Palm Sunday, and, and hear a message. Before we do that, can can you know, as chairman of the board, like a spiritual leader in our church, could you just pray for people as we close, and with this in mind, and what people are going through, and yeah, just I think this time, if you could just close us with prayer, I think that's probably the best thing, and yeah. lead us into the word here. Is yeah, that cool? absolutely. Oh, Lord, we trust you. We, um, we know that you are here with us. There's no question in our minds that you love us. You've displayed that for us on the cross. You've laid down your life for us. And Lord, we're into a season when we celebrate uh, your sacrifice for us. Lord, you've given us so much. I, I love the verse in Isaiah. It says, you keep in perfect peace those whose um, thoughts are fixed on you because they trust in you. And uh, Lord, I pray that over our church. I pray that we would be people that in <clears throat> all of the uncertainties, and Lord, I just recognize that part of what we're facing is a small thing compared to what others are facing or will face around the world over the next few weeks and months. And I just pray that we would be a church, Lord, that has perfect peace because our minds are fixed on you and we trust in you fully. I pray that over us, God. I pray that blessing from you to us. And I just pray... Lord, that we would be people that would be able to say, even as you said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Mm. That we trust you fully for whatever the future holds. Uh, we will walk with you in faith, believing that you are faithful to your word and that you are with us. Thank you for, uh, for being that kind of God who's mm. in the middle of it with us. Lord, you came into our world and you made the difference in our lives. And uh, I just pray... Uh, Lord, that each of us would experience your closeness and your presence in these days. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, man. After hearing Brian and Nettie's story, um, I'm sure many of you are wondering, how can you help uh, for families that may have needs that arise? We have a benevolence ministry here, and... uh, if you want to give towards that, uh, you know, write your check or, you know, whatever you're doing, automatic payment, uh, getting online uh, on our website or an app and just make it to Freshwater Community Church and the note uh, option you can check or write as benevolence. And 
we, uh, we have uh, deacons and deaconesses that, uh, much like in, in Acts, the early church, uh, the deacons and deaconesses were, were taking care of those people that had physical needs and, and financial needs. And uh, we have a ministry right now that it, they're taking that and running with that and uh, helping out those in our family that do run across hard times, uh, especially in this, this uh, period that we're in. I want to let you know just two things uh, out of the uh, meeting we had, uh, Facebook Live meeting we had on Wednesday night, two things that we uh, let the church know about. Uh, the first one is uh, we, we are going to run a, another Alpha uh, starting April 21st because um, we do believe that God's mission is still going forward and that this is a season of time where people are are going to be looking for answers. They're going to be desperate for community. And uh, we believe that Alpha can provide that. Um, and so I want to invite you, challenge you to consider those you can invite to be a part of that. It's going to be online through Zoom, and there'll be large group times. Watch the video and then the breakout rooms within Zoom where we'll establish little, basically, uh, the table conversations around there. Every week you'll have the same group of people. But I uh, want to encourage you to be praying through that um, because people are going to be looking for answers. People are going to be looking for comfort and for stability in such an unstable time. And uh, we believe that God could really move through that. So April 21st, mark that down, starts at 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights. It ends before June. It's only a nine-week session. It's not the full length that we normally do. So it'll be done before June hits. And also want to let you know that as a leadership, we're calling the church to prayer. Uh, we've been just over these last weeks praying and trying to discern what should we do as a church. And we feel at this point, the, the first thing we need to do is pray. And it's a prayer vigil is really what we're doing. Seven days, 24 hours a day, starting Palm Sunday, this day, 10 a.m. and going to Easter Sunday, 10 a.m. Uh, we'd encourage you to get online, get on our website, and sign up. There is a sign-up genius there. We broke it up into 15-minute increments. And we are calling the church to pray. We need to pray, folks. We need to pray. There's, there's three topics, and you'll see that on our website. We'll have that posted. Three topics that we're talking about. One is a personal and our corporate. Uh, we're calling the church to, to come before God and to say, refine us purify us. Lord, what do you need to say to us about what's going on in just our lives spiritually? Are there any idols? Is there any sin? Lord, would you come and cleanse us? The second topic is to pray for our country, to stand in the gap for our country and, and to say, Lord, we see the sin, the rampant idolatry, the unrighteousness that is throughout our country in the halls of our leadership, and we stand in the gap for our country and say, Lord, this is sin. We do see it's sin. Lord, forgive our nation. And also to pray for our nation, mercy, to call out mercy uh, to God. Have mercy on us. And to pray for our leaders, that they would pursue righteousness, that God would give them wisdom on how to lead our country through this. And the third topic is reflected more on us again. It's a corporate call to pray, Holy Spirit, fill us, and Holy Spirit, lead us. And to pray that for every person here, pray it over yourself, and pray it for our church, that he would fill us with his presence, and he would lead us forward. 
please take this serious. We're calling everyone who calls Freshwater home to prayer. Please join in and pray. I invite you to turn to John uh, chapter 6 as we begin uh, just this time to look at his word. Um, this is Palm Sunday, and uh, it's that moment when Jesus comes into Jerusalem and, and everybody's praising him as the king and, and, and the Messiah. Um, it's interesting to understand the context, the broader context that's going on here, because uh, Jesus and, and Israel is in military occupation right now. They've been conquered by Rome since 63 B.C., and all they've known since that day when Rome invaded Israel and, and took them over is tyranny, oppression, taxation. Uh, Rome was at the height of its power. Israel was under its iron fist. And it was constant. It was everywhere. It was just a way of life. Every Jew faced it when they wake, woke up. Conquered, defeated. They were at war. And they lost the war, but don't think for a minute that if they had an opportunity to throw off Rome's rule, they would have done it in a second. Like, as all they could think about. And if you don't, true, I, I, there's context after context where you see this, but one of them is right before uh, Palm Sunday and Jesus' triumphal entry. It's over in John chapter 6. Jesus has just done a, a, a number of healings that people were witnessing, and there was about 5,000 people gathered, and they, they didn't have food, and it's that famous miracle where Jesus takes this grade school boy's lunch uh, of fish and bread and multiplies it and feeds 5,000 people, at least 5,000, because some uh, would say that he was actually, they were only counting the men, so it could have been upwards of 10,000 people. A grade schooler's lunch fed everyone. And in that moment, when everybody realized they'd been fed and they collected all the food at the end and there's all this leftovers, this is what they concluded. Verse 14 of chapter 6, when the people saw the sign he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who's come into the world. And you're like, well, what, what is that about? It's fascinating conclusion, right? but it means nothing if you don't know the context of it. It's a reference back to Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. Moses is talking to Israel, and let me just go back there. He's been, he's giving these messages and instructions from God. Uh, I gotta get it open, it's not coming open. And um, what he ends up saying, at one point he says, the Lord your God, will raise up for you a prophet like me, and this is Moses speaking, from among you and from your brothers. Now, now you would, that's what they're quoting. That's what they're referencing. And, and why would they reference that? Because it seems like such an obscure thing, but it's not for them. Why? Because they are looking for what? To be delivered. Moses was God's prophet and leader who he used to feed Israel bread. He did the miracle of bread, the manna. That's what we called that, right? Manna, that is literally translated, what is it? But it was bread from heaven on the ground through Moses and his leadership as a prophet. And, and Moses was the one who God used to deliver Israel out from under oppression from Egypt. 
So Israel has always been waiting for the second Moses to come. Here Jesus comes and does this amazing miracle with bread, right? Feeds 5,000 people, maybe 10,000, and they immediately think, bread, Moses, we're getting free. And what they try to do is interesting. Perceiving then, Jesus says in verse 15, that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. It's a logical conclusion. We've got our deliverer. We've got our king. It is time to kick Rome out. We know what God's doing. And what does Jesus do? Eh, he just kind of somehow shimmies away up to the mountain, walks away from it all. Fast forward to John chapter 12. Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the dead. So people were now believing, you know, like there's this more faith and the people were going nuts because you don't see someone who's dead for three days come back to life. It just doesn't happen. And people were all worked up and excited and believing in Jesus or at least believing he could do miracles and, and large crowds were gathering. And, and here we have this triumphal entry in John chapter 12. I'll read it. It says, the next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. They took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him crying out hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord even the king of israel and jesus found a young donkey and sat on it just as it is written fear not daughter of zion behold your king is coming sitting on a donkey's colt and his disciples did not understand these things at first but when jesus was glorified then they remembered that these things had been written about him and been done to him and the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they'd heard he'd done this sign. So the disciples don't know what's going on. But you hear the theme of John 6, right? The king of David, right? Or the king from the line of David. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're, they're desperate for a king. They're desperate for freedom. They're desperate for deliverance. And you read over in Mark chapter 11, and it's the same thing. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Matthew 21 records that they were calling out Hosanna to the son of David. It's, it's all these references of a Messiah, a deliverance. But it's all couched and it's all intertwined with the way they're doing the math. The way they think it should happen. I mean, the reference to David is huge because David, gave, David was given this promise, unconditional promise of an everlasting line of kings that would come through his family line. And so they're referencing the rule and the throne. And it's all intertwined with their dreams of being free. Their dreams of Israel being restored to its former glory, if not even greater. And what they were doing was they were making Jesus 
king for what he could do for them and their ideas of what should look like. You know, given what happens in John 12, the triumphal entry, I would imagine a lot of the crowd was thinking he's going to march right into Jerusalem, right up to the palace. He's going to take out Herod and he's going to destroy Rome and we are going to take over Israel and restore Israel. And what does Jesus do? Well, he actually walks over to the temple, kind of checks it out, leaves. It all just kind of dissipates. Next day, he comes in and cleans out the temple of all the corruption that was going on. Nothing happened like what, what they thought or imagined. That was a royal entrance. Riding on a donkey, that's what royalty did as they came in. The conquering hero, the conquering ruler coming into the royal city. It was a royal entrance and then nothing happened. What's interesting is the crowd got it right maybe despite themselves, but they got it right. He is the king. He was the king of Israel. He is still the king of Israel. He is, or he was the highest and still is the highest. He is the Messiah. He's the son of David, was and is it's entirely appropriate that he rode on that donkey. It's entirely appropriate he received their praise. Everything about what Jesus did, everything was actually appropriate. Let me ask you something. As, as we look at this story, do you believe Jesus destroying their plans and dreams or at least not even addressing them was the best thing that could ever happen to him. Think about it. He didn't rescue him from Rome. He didn't do what they wanted. He did something better. He saved them. He died for them. And he left them in the middle of the mess in order that he could make it possible for them to be saved for all eternity and to spend eternity with their knees bowed to him, singing and praising glory in the highest. Blessed is he whose name is Lord. See, Jesus came with a mission he came with a purpose, and it was to come and save this world through his dead body, sacrificed. That was it. He was coming to save this world from sin and judgment. He was going to come and conquer death. Even the raising of Lazarus was a foretelling of what was going to happen to him. And he was going to open a door, a, a way to heaven and into his presence. Now, let's just be honest, though, for a second. It's really easy to look back 2,000 years and go, man, what were they thinking? Right? We can see it all 2020 in hindsight. And how they did the math wrong and, and all of that. But let me ask you something. In light of that, and this is Palm Sunday, with all that's going on in our world and in our nation and in our state and 
in our town with COVID-19, do we have ideas about what God should really do? As we survey the damage that's going on health-wise, I mean, people are calling this a, a war against a virus. And I think we're all doing math and we're all adding things up and trying to work out the answer and say this is what God should do or this is what we think God should do, but is our math the same as God's? Are we demanding He fulfill our dreams and our vision of what should happen? Or can this Palm Sunday be a Sunday, a moment, where we can see Jesus for who He is. And we can come to Him with, with really hands empty, not with a plan, not with a, I, I, I got to figure it out, Jesus, this is what you need to do agenda, but just to come to Him and say, wait a minute, Hosanna, it means praise. Praise to the highest, all glory to the highest. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Blessed is the Son of David. And, and say it with a heart that draws near to Him. Because see, Jesus still has a mission. He still has a purpose. He is still the highest. He is still the Lord. He is still the king on David's throne, and, and he sees your life, and he sees my life, and, and he does right now. Like, stop and think about that. He sees you. He sees me. He sees all of this. And you think about even the story with Brian and Eddie and so many, there's more families in our church with similar stories. And, and it's on top of other things as well. Stop and think about it. He sees you. He sees exactly the math that's going on in your life. And it's not only that He sees you, He knows you. He's Emmanuel. He's with us. But He has a mission. And He has a purpose. And it's not a bad mission. And it's not even a neutral mission. It's a good mission. It's a good purpose. Because He's a good God. And, and His plan is really, really good. Like it's perfectly good for you. It's a good plan. Just like that triumphal entry, and they didn't understand it, but that triumphal entry led somewhere. It was a plan that led to the cross. The best thing that could ever, ever happen to us. But filled with suffering for him. I wonder if this Palm Sunday we can do this as a church. Wherever you are and whatever mess you're in, whatever struggle you're in, whatever you're facing and is coming towards you, and we're all going through a lot of similar things, but there's others as well, things that are being thrown into this. If you find yourself sighing a lot, if you are concerned about where the paycheck's going to come from, if you're grieving right now, I want to invite you to do something. 
I want you to do what happened on that Palm Sunday so many years ago. We'll do it with now an understanding of who Jesus is and his purpose in our lives and that it's a good purpose and his plan for our lives. And to be able to say this, and this is going to cost us, but to be able to say, Hosanna in the highest. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Blessed be the son of David. Blessed be the one who sits on the throne. And as this day unfolds here on Palm Sunday, I want to encourage you to just praise him all day long. Praise him all day long. He's still on the throne. He's worthy of our praise. Let's line the street, as it were, line the path, and praise our Messiah, our King, the one who's on the throne.